0: This Phillies Braves Game 4 edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick'em scorches where you can win 100x, that's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use the promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to 500 bucks we're also brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code SGP. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're giving away $3,000 in our NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Productions. Free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Coming to you from... Uh, very sunny Newcastle upon time in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, um, October the 12th. Yeah, yes. go on then. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bosh. Uh, Thursday, October the 12th. And we are here to have a little look back on last night action and then give our best bets on the game for tonight between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. Joining me. Um, to give his thoughts today is Mr. Scott Reichel. Hello, Scott. How are you? Yeah,
1: doing pretty well. Looking forward to the only game uh, left. It is a bit weird. We're already close to the AON NLCS series, and we have not had a single winner-go-home game at this point. feels like every, every series has been lopsided and has pre- ended pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it really has. I mean, there's been a lot of days off, which has benefited, I think, some of the, you'd call them, weaker opponents, if you had to find a word. Um, but yeah, the way we talked in the wild card series how there was no lead changes, two lead changes in eight games. I think um, all the sweeps. Myself and Moon after here. We talked about the AL beast going zero and seven. We've got another hundred team, uh, hundred win team to talk about tonight. It was swept. Um, so it's been an odd little postseason. This is the what I still can't get my head around. This about baseball, the 162 game season to then sort things out over a three-game set. It's just absolutely baffling. But I absolutely love it as well. I completely adore it. They, these playoffs have been great. Last night, the watching the Phillies-Braves game, um, it was just electric. You can feel the atmosphere uh, coming through the telly. It was outstanding. So,
1: um, Yeah, looking do forward you, to this do you game. Want to hear a fun, do you want to hear a fun stat, by the way? Of course. So the teams that had the top five records in the regular season the best records, best five. You know what the record is in the playoffs?
0: Oh, it's got to be like in oh, 11 or something. Or oh, one well, 12. maybe 1-12. Yeah, oh, yeah. Atlanta with the one win. Yep. That's absolutely nuts. And again, that will spark a load of debate about Dubai and things like that. But it can only be just one of those coincidental things, I think.
1: I think it's coincidental, but then again, Houston did win their series and they had a bye. So, yeah, so that's, what- that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, Houston last year had the best record. They had a bye. How'd that go? They lost one game in the entire playoffs. Like, you know, yeah. it depends on how you look at it, but I think conceptually the bye is pretty dumb because you kill any momentum a team has by not having them play baseball for about a week which I think is kind of counterproductive. But at the end of the day, it's only an issue if the top seeds are losing. But if they're winning, nobody cares. So it's just a matter of all these top seeds losing at the same time. So the situation, to ch- so the desire to change this rule seems more dire because every top seed is losing at the same time.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think people will just fit their narrative um, to whatever the results are. Um, people who want it to be a good thing will find reasons, and people who want it to be a bad thing will find their reasons as well. Um, the, the chat is uh, why, why is no one at work today? What's wrong with everybody? You people go to, go to work. Um, Joan was first in asking about the time of game four, uh, Joan Maxson. And we think, or Scott reckons, it's just to, because there's only one game, um, so of fits right in the middle of the hot spot for both time zones. Uh, they've pushed this game back a little bit tonight, which makes sense. Uh, TB, DB, here. Captain Insano. Adam G, uh, joining for his first time. Uh, love it. Thanks, Adam. Welcome, welcome. Uh, who else is here? Christian as well. Um, Andy B, Kaysen. Uh, busy, busy, busy. Good to see everybody. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Captain Insano on the Premier League show last night was telling us he's got hair like Elvis Presley, Barrett Scott. So that's something we didn't know um, about Captain Insano. A little... Um, A little nugget. Um, Game three last night. I mean, the top story here, for several reasons, is the Arizona sweep of the Dodgers. Um, I mean, yeah, a little bit baffling. Personally delighted to have the Diamondbacks to win the series. I've got my silly 66-1 to ticket still running. Um, Last night's game was slightly out of character in that we have the the D-backs pigeonholed as this sort of small ball team. Then last night, they did all the scoring in about two and a half minutes on four swings of the bat, four solo home runs. Three of the players we continually name check um, Gabe Moreno, who's been outstanding, Cattell Marte, Christian Walker. The only one who didn't hit the bomb was uh, Corbin Carroll. And then Lourdes Guriel chipped in with one as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the D backs move on, have been outstanding. Myself and Moon have talked yesterday at length, really, about how they've done it. But we've been doing a little, uh, a little post-mortem with all the teams who eventually died and the Dodgers did last night. The main thread for me at the top of the series was the lack of a rotation. Um, it wasn't they just had a poor rotation. They didn't even have a rotation. They had a stud, they had a rookie, and they had nothing else. And they're throwing out Lance Lynn in a game three. Um, and it absolutely cost them. To be fair, the bats never showed up. Freddie Freeman's been poor again. Um, But they didn't have much down the order after that. So, yeah, how would you summarize uh, what the Dodgers have been up to this week?
1: I don't know if you can really summarize it any other way by saying that it was a colossal failure. No matter how bad the rotation was, you got swept in a playoff series you had home field advantage in against a division rival that you've owned historically historically. For the second straight year, because you might remember they lost last year to the Padres and they dominated the Padres in the regular season, too. So, yeah, it's been a mess with the exception of the COVID year where they won the World Series in a 60 game regular season, which I personally put an asterisk by because I think you kind of have to when you eliminate 100 games from the schedule. I think they've lost in the NLDS in four of the last five postseasons, including the bubble year. So in a real 160 plus game regular season season. They have not made it out of the first round in several years at this point. It's embarrassing when your payroll is that big. Now, to go through the reasons why they got swept, you got to start off with the rotation. Statistically speaking, it's one of the worst series for a rotation I've ever seen. I believe the starting pitchers in that series had an ERA of about 25, which is unheard of. Uh, So (laughs) nobody pitched well. Thinking about it, Kershaw didn't get through the first inning. Uh, game two, that uh, you saw Miller get shelled. He didn't even go two innings. And then Lynn pitched yesterday. I'm not even sure how long he pitched, but he gave up four home runs. So the whole rotation was useless, and it felt like the Dodgers were down multiple runs after two innings in every single game, which was the story. Not to mention the fact that your two best players, the two MVP caliber players, went a combined one for 21. So the lineup didn't do anything either. So I don't know what the Dodgers did well in besides the bullpen. The bullpen, I guess, was fine looking at it, but they were down multiple runs every single game. It was just a colossal failure all the way through.
0: I mean, if you wanted to play devil's advocate, the way you could fit it is if you look at that, the fact that Kershaw was the only starter from the opening day rotation who was fit, Um and that lineup really is a little bit bad. Uh, I've said three times this week. Looks like a Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. You see, if you stick McCutcheon in there with Peralta and um, Hayward, you think, oh yeah, they're a seventy-two win team. So it's a it, you could say it was mildly impressive that they did what they did in the regular season rather than just win eighty-eight games. If they'd won eighty-eight games, you would have said, yeah, that's about right for that lineup with. Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone and Ryan pepe Yott and whoever else they were throwing out. So, um,
1: I feel like yeah, lineup, a, to, for the lineup to touch upon what you said, the issue that you ran into for the Dodgers hitting-wise is a top-heavy lineup, and the top didn't show up. Yeah. So the rest of the lineup wasn't any good, but you just were relying so heavily on Freeman and Betts, you're two... Two out of three MVP candidates. I mean, Freeman not realistically because Acuna is going to win the award anyway. But the point is you have two of the best three hitters in the entire league or national league, and they no-showed the entire series. And then you're relying on Peralta and you're relying on Outman and a bunch of these other guys who just didn't have it. I I know Dave Roberts, you can argue, is actually not to be fully blamed for this series because what was he supposed to do? You had no rotation, and your lineup yeah. showed the entire series anyway. Having said that, pinch-hitting Barnes in a pretty important spot against a lefty. I know Peralta is a lefty, and you want to go righty-lefty there. Do you know Barnes' batting average against lefties this season?
0: <laughs> You're going to tell me it's like 136.
1: 80. <laughs> he, had an, he, had, he had a batting average of 80, and you pinch hit him in an elimination game against a left-handed pitcher. So I think Dave Roberts is still a bad manager. I think pinch hitting Barnes there was hilarious, and he got through one pitch because he grounded out immediately. But I had to look up the Barnes numbers, but his numbers are that bad. He's a reverse splits guy. He was not even a good hitter in the first place. So that was Dave Roberts' slight contribution to getting swept, but there's nothing you can do. The whole team didn't show up, basically.
0: Um, a much more routine win, you would say, is Houston completing the, uh, the victory over Minnesota. Um, the, the the prop I gave out yesterday was the KD's K prop, and that lost. Um, in the first inning, he looked fine. It was all ground outs and fly outs. And then he struck out four in a row down the middle, and that was the end of that. Oh, you had the Um, under, okay. I thought you had. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was. uh, It was no good at all. Um, What we were concerned about yesterday was the Minnesota lineup, and that came to pass. They've had back-to-back three-hit games, and that was something that Minnesota were always going to be capable of. And that wasn't. um, That was never going to be good enough, unfortunately. You know, occasionally Scott, the gambling gods just come and hand you some money. I had one of these occasions last night. Just before the game, the TV announcer man was talking to Rocco Baldelli, and then they asked him, they were asking him about Jordan Alvarez. And he said, under no circumstances will Joe Ryan be facing Alvarez second time through the order. Um, Joe Ryan's, this was, I was sitting on my laptop with this, the, my Bet365 open. Joe Ryan's output was still at 14.5. And and the manager's just told me he's going 11 max. Absolutely. And so I just, the only thing I thought could have gone wrong was oh, if he strikes out eleven in a row in Minnesota a 14 nothing up, they might just leave him in. The very rare cause that's the sort of thing that would happen to me. If I unloaded everything on that bit, something would go terribly, terribly wrong. Um but there was just no just to make sure he, he got
1: six outs, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well it's yeah, so it was only ever he was only ever gonna go eleven. Um and yeah, that was it. So he sat down after the second inning and Balzelli went across and patted him on the head because he pitched quite well he, he gave up this solo homer to Brantley uh, but he went okay but yeah it was just a here Malcolm double your money just double your pot for the weekend um, they just handed me that money with a little just bit of right time right place seeing that little interview um, Houston v Texas in the next round Houston minus 142 Texas plus 120 early thoughts, Scott.
1: Uh, for me, Houston owned them in the regular season. And of course I'm rooting for Texas because I think we're all just tired of Houston being in the world series every year, not even with yeah. the scandals from the years past, but they're in the world series every year. It'd be pretty fun to see a Texas team that spent a lot of money during the off season and a bunch of injuries reminder to Grum and Scherzer both got hurt. And yet they kind of found a way to get there. Anyway, I'm rooting for Texas I think it's fascinating. Houston is a pretty decent favorite in this series. I think Houston's what, like minus 130, minus 140?
0: Minus 142, go.
1: That seemed pretty large, especially with yeah. Texas having some extra time off and how they've been dominant. They haven't lost a playoff game yet. So I do think Texas is pretty live to win the series. But for the price alone, I got to lean to Texas because getting plus money for a team that has not lost a playoff game yet, I think, is too appealing. But the argument is Houston's been there before. They know what to do. My counterpoint is I don't think Minnesota's any good. I think Minnesota's a bad baseball team that was fortunate to face off against Toronto. So I have more – I'd say I'm more impressed by Texas not only winning every playoff game but beating Baltimore, the number one series in just a straight amount of games via sweep compared to Houston – beating Minnesota? Am I supposed to be impressed by that? I don't think Minnesota's good. Do you think Minnesota's good? No, not at all. They're, they're bang average. We know it, yeah. They're a very middle in MLB team. So I'm rooting for Texas, but... And I'll take them at the price that they got, but I see a four... I see probably a six or a seven-game series between two division rivals. I think Houston's going to find a way, and I'm going to be pissed. So I'll lean to Houston, <laughs> but you can argue Bochi finds a way to win, and it wouldn't shock me either, but... I see a coin flip series. So I think Houston's going to win at the end of it. But for the value and a coin flip, give me plus money.
0: I definitely would have had these odds closer together. That would be my main point. If I was making a line here, it would be very close. to Absolutely. It would be even each of two. Um, So yeah, Texas a plus 120. Uh, We'll have a little look around that. Um, Okay, let's get into Atlanta um, against Philly. Um, I'll tell you first about underdog fantasy. A great way of playing alongside your favorite football team. Underdog has just introduced Scorches. If you go five for five and pick them Scorches, you can enjoy a spicy 100 times your money payout. And um, the under, underdog are extending the first deposit bonus that's up to $500. There, uh, that's carrying on. And $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players winning 10 grand each. Watch along, make your picks. Maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. I've been having a little look at the London game for the weekend and I quite like um, Spears. Is it Ty J Spears? The second string running back for Tennessee. I think he might do some bits at the weekend. Um, Game script seems to fit in whichever way you go, so that would be my play. Um, Sign up with the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And manscaped are back, um, and it's all about your beard this time. It's uh, it's not Balloween. It's about your beard. Um, the Handyman is the best way to get rid of your stubble. It's got a compact design, the next gen skin safe technology. Uh, the Handyman designed to give you a smooth finish without the mess for, of a traditional shape. And um, so yeah, throw your bad razors away. Uh, get use Handyman skin safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts. Finally, feel confident when you're going out. For a closed shave, you get 20 different beard lengths and just one guard with your beard hedger. A high-tech piece of kit. The thing to do is uh, get your 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code SGP. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handy man from Manscaped. Okay. Uh, Philly lead Atlanta 2-1. I mean, wh- last night's game was just a load of fun. We handicapped it to death. Uh, myself and Moonaf. who was asking me earlier on if I went up the ladder, um, and or Trev maybe. Uh, the small answer is yes. Um, and right at the end of the Premier League show that we did last night, I threw out the Phillies ladder and I've had quite a few messages this morning of uh, bleary-eyed Englishmen who just backed it blind and woke up to their accounts um, full of money this morning. Um, the only problem, I didn't go high enough up the ladder, Scott. I took them over four and a half over five and a half and up to over six and a half so i left myself there was a few rungs that i could have climbed that i didn't get up to yeah but it was a good it was a good win bryce elder actually came out quite hot he struck out four, them, i think but you did just kind of get the feeling it was coming and when it came it unraveled pretty quick um bryce harper was just electric Um, the attaboy harper thing made me laugh because it was probably not really true Orlando Garcia was stood at shortstop being made to look a right tit um, when he probably had, had nothing to do with it in the first place. But it, it was just a feeling of inevitability about the Phillies putting them to the sword last night. Scott, the more I watched the game.
1: Well, the problem Atlanta runs into, we mentioned it going to the series, their pitching staff's a bit iffy, and we don't really like the rotation. So Elder was put in a spot where I'm sure a lot of people didn't feel great about because you're in Philly. Philly hadn't lost a home playoff game yet, and you bring in Bryce Elder. So you assume it's going to go poorly. Then he starts off decently. Atlanta strands a bunch of guys on base, but they're up one nothing. And you're like, okay, we're going into another inning. We'll see what Elder does. Then you see him start struggling, and then you see Harper's coming up. I would have pulled Elder early. It looked like Snitker yeah. was just waiting for Elder to fully like implode before he finally pulled him. Then again, the bullpen for Atlanta wasn't good either, so it really wasn't a right answer. But Harper hit a bomb. Uh, then he stared down Arcea. And then for fun, eat another bomb later in the game. Then <laughs> Castellanos also hits two separate home runs. So two separate Philly batters had two home runs in the game. Yeah, it just seems like Philly gets, I don't want to say superpowers playing at home, but they're almost impossible to beat as far as I'm concerned when they play at home. So my real story for the matchup itself from game three was, yeah, Philly is just dominant at home. That was really the only takeaway that I had, and I already knew that. I don't know if you had any other takeaways, but... Elder struggling didn't totally shock me. Philly being great at home, once again, is the main, I think, takeaway from the playoffs so far because I think it's the best home field advantage. We've seen all these top seeds lose regularly, and then you see Philly, who's just like, oh, we're at home, all right, we're just going to win and score 10 runs every time. So that's my main takeaway. It just seems like Philly, after beating Atlanta last year in the playoffs, it's the same story, isn't it?
0: Well, so that's the thing. So we go into a game tonight, a game four, uh, the Phillies at home, and they throw us prices, Scott, of um Atlanta minus one fifty. It's one fifty Philly. One fifty in Philly. Philly. Rangers Suarez wild. plus one thirty uh with a total of eight and a half. And I can what are they doing? I don't know. Someone's wrong It's either all the public Or it's all the books. Because there can't be many people back in Atlanta here. I mean, the thing is, right, so you can make... what The argument you'd make for Atlanta is solely on the numbers. If it was June the 12th, Scott, and we were doing a regular season show with 15 games, and we went through Spencer Strider and Ranger Suarez, you would handicap everything, and you would probably pick Atlanta. But... That's not what it is. That's not what we're handicapping here. Spencer Strider has been great. He's been really reliable. Uh, Thirty-two games in the regular season, nineteen and five, three eighty-six. And it was just ticks. You could tick ticks in all the boxes here. Yeah? He's fine on the road, three thirty-six ERA. He's fine against Philly. Started five games this year against Philly, a two eighteen ERA. He was fine in the playoffs last week against Philly, seven innings, five hits, one earned run. Uh, came on a solo homer, two walks, seven Ks. There's no holes really in what Strider's done at all. Uh, Suarez, on the other hand, um, four and six with a 418 ERA, started 22 games. But there are holes in what Suarez was doing. He's got a 545 home ERA in 12 games started. He's given up plenty of runs, plenty of walks. Um, And that leads me to my first, I've got two bets for this game. And my first one is a walk prop. Now, my player props haven't gone particularly well so far. Um, he walked one against Atlanta last week in three and two thirds. And I get it that everyone's on a short leash. Um, if he gets in any kind of trouble, that'll be it. Philly will just throw everything um, at Atlanta tonight. But in his eight previous starts, Ranger Suarez had minimum two walks. Um, and he can walk a couple of years without getting himself in a world of pain either. He can walk one in the first, he can walk one in the third. You don't have to go mad. Um, so, we can get the two walks here. That's plus 140, which I think is an incredible price for over one and a half walks for Angel Suarez. Eight out of a last night gets cashed. My only issue would be the minute he walks, someone is he going to get pulled after two and two thirds or something, mm. which is possible. At the price, plus 140, I'm happy to take that risk. Um, but, so having spelled out the numbers, like I say, June the 11th on a Tuesday, you go through all that and you pick Atlanta. But we've just outlined everything that tells you why it's going to be Philly. Like that, that lineup's got an inevitability about it. Bryce Hart, a Trey Turner, a Castellanos. all the other uh, Bryson, Stott, uh, Alec boom they are all just waiting to to do something destructive. Atlanta have been completely outplayed here, and um, they could already be out. Actually, they, they got away with a game that they wouldn't. They just touched them off five-four, and um, Philly are locked in, and there's no substitute for what. Harper and Turner bring you in front of that mad home crowd. We've seen it several times. We've seen it this year. We saw it umpteen times last year. Um really and last week it's a it's a good comparison game. Suarez three and two-thirds, then it was Hoffman, Dominguez, Alvarado, Kirk, and Strom, Kimbrell. Kitchen sink thrown at them. Three of those pitched last night, but Strom only went 10 pitches, Dominguez went eleven. It's not a problem. Kimbrell's fresh, Alvarado didn't pitch. Um, the only one out of them might be Kirkgren. But apart from that, you've just got to take Philly. I can't find another angle in. Um, and this has been a sports handicap as well. It's not just looking at the numbers. It's sitting there last night watching the game and sorting it up. And kind of, we were just waiting for Philly to explode. And I can't see much difference happening again tonight. So, and certainly at the prices, you have to take Philly, I think.
1: I think the price is insane. Now, the main argument is, once again, Strider's on the mound, so you have to account for Atlanta getting the better starting pitcher and the length involved, because you're assuming Strider's not just going to pitch well, but he's going to pitch for a long time, because Strider's probably going to go, if he's on, six or seven minimum, which should limit the damage for the bullpen. That's the argument. Do I care? Not really, because Philly, once again, is just an absolute freight train at home. Now, Suarez was very good in game one. He got pulled pretty early on when he wasn't even in trouble that much. I think he gave up a walk and an infield single in different innings. And that was the only two guys that reached base. So it seemed like nobody actually made hard contact against Suarez, but they pulled him anyway. So the argument is Suarez and the bullpen are going to have to try to outduel Strider. A reminder, Strider throughout the last couple of months of the regular season was fine, but he occasionally has blow-up starts. In fact, one of them was last year against Philly in a pretty similar spot, and he got buried. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen again. I think Strider's going to pitch fine. I'm not sure if he's going to be dominant, but I think he'll be fine. The point is, I don't think the odds makers... I don't know how you can truly account for how important this home field is. And it feels like they're not accounting for it at all. I think that Philly should be an underdog in this game because Strider is the better pitcher, so I'm not going to fully discount that. Minus 120? Minus 115. I think it should be close to a pick'em in the spot because they really think the home field is that important, not to mention the fact that Philly's lineup has been outperforming the best statistical offensive lineup in the history of the sport in the regular season. And Atlanta's lineup's been okay. It hasn't been amazing. Philly's offense has been nuts. So you can make an argument that Philly's got the better lineup based on recent form, not to mention the home crowd advantage and all, but I think Strider... Even though it's actually kind of funny, his, home, his uh, playoff and regular season splits against the Phillies. Strider in his career has an 8-0 record against the Phillies. 8-0 in the regular season. He's made two playoff starts in his career. He's 0-2 against Philly. So <laughs> once again, it's just a weird type of dynamic there. I'll take Philly plus 130. It's an insane price for who is the best home team left in this field by a country mile. I'll take Philly in the spot for the value. I am going to lean to the under because I do think that if Strider pitches well, Suarez is going to get pulled early if he gets into trouble. And Philly's bullpen has been pretty good. That 8.5 does feel a bit high. I understand it because both lineups are really good. But 8.5 in a game like this feels a little bit too high to me for both teams that should empty the kitchen sink. Philly should try to empty the kitchen sink too because there's no way you want to go back to Atlanta when you've been this dominant at home. I see a, a low-scoring game here. It might be a hot take, but give me some type of very competitive 4-2 final. I'll go with the under 8.5. The
0: Moneyline prices here look like they've been sort of knocked out by AI. look like they've been knocked out by a robot because these are the, the prices on the numbers. These are the prices without any feel, without any nuance of what we've seen and how yeah. things have been
1: developing, how things have been unfolding. You can tell you know what these words I mean? were made solely based from a computer and there's not yeah, yeah, that's any it, yeah. type of subjectivity to it. yeah. Uh,
0: this is the sort of thing where, you, you, and you don't see it anymore, I know I sound like an old man shouting at a cloud, um, but you used to, you'd see different books or different, especially individual bookmakers, who would have a stance on something, who would have... You could back one team at plus 130 somewhere and the other team at plus 120 somewhere because a boogie would have a feeling for it and you don't get there anymore. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things where I just think you have no no choice. Um, we've got a few uh, picks being thrown out here by the chat. Do, do I think the under, by the way? Or do you like the over? I think the under, just because, like you say, um, comp game
1: last week, I think, what did Strider go last week? Seven, was it? You went seven, and and then you saw Suarez pitch three and two-thirds, but the bullpen was fine. It's just such an important game. I know it's going to sound obvious because it's game four, and Philly's got a shot to win it, and Atlanta's got to go all hands on deck because it's an elimination game. It really just feels like after the offensive explosion that we saw yesterday from Philly that the line for the total is a bit inflated. When you're going to see both teams unload the entire pitching staff to try to end the series for Philly's purposes to win the series and for Atlanta's purpose to move it to game 5 back home with such important stakes at play I just can't take it over. I think you're going to see some overmanaging with the bullpens and I think you're going to end up seeing a lower scoring game.
0: This comp game last week finished 3 to 2 which was yeah. let you say 3 innings over Suarez, then the kitchen sink in Strider
1: dealing. Um, in the other half of the inning. so yeah, why wouldn't we see a similar game again? Um, do you do you agree, by the way, that Philly will also empty the kitchen sink because they will do whatever they can to not have that? Yeah, game
0: no, yeah. Why would you not? There's That's no reason to risk taking it to a game five. And like I say, they've done it before. They what? What six six relief pitchers last night? Mm. Um, or oh, last week? Sorry, in that com game, in only a couple of them pitched. But, Matt Strom threw 10 pitches. They threw him out again. That's no problem. Um, Kimbrell was unused. Yeah, they'll all be ready. There'll be no itching with that at all. I don't want to think. Let me quickly tell you about Hall of Fame bets uh, before we wrap this up. Um, Helping you bet smarter this NFL season. Sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Uh, Research NFL, NBA, MLB and soccer parlays uh, with Hall of Fame bets, parlay optimizer. Um, get hit rates broken down by a leg, expected probabilities, sort players by hit rate, find the value. So stop betting in the dark. Join thirty thousand users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hfbets.com. Use code SGPN to get fifty percent off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. That's uh, so what we're we having a look at. Andy B, the team total. Um, over four and a half is plus 176. Um, same bet that cash pretty much um, for everybody last night. Yeah, TVDBJ pointing out the strider saying he wishes there was no fans there and uh, Philly are just going to get stuck into him. Um, probably
1: not a good quote to say before you head into an elimination game uh, against yeah. the Phillies in Citizens Bank. It's not a good look. Uh, Adam G likes
0: uh, Pilar's. Is, I, can't, I can't believe he's still going. Is that Kevin Pilar? Well, no, I on. think he, I think he you, only
1: goes against lefties. I think he's their right-handed bat specialist against yeah. lefties or whatever.
0: Atlanta do have this thing of having bench players that never, ever get a game. I think Charlie Culberson broke a record this year for being on the roster until something like the middle of June, and he played in like eight games. Yeah. And he would have thought, because of 9 nothing up most of the season, they'd have just thrown him out. I can't believe he didn't get any at-bats. He just sat there. And uh, I didn't realise he was still there until the DFA did have been, like you say, back into July or something mad. Um Christian Garcia's gone for the five two Philly's win. Yeah, we'll take that. Philly win and the under. We'll settle with we'll a deal on Christian Garcia's. Um, so yeah, just to recap, my two plays are the over one and a half walks, full Ranger Suarez at plus one forty. And dead simple, Philly on the money line at plus one thirty. Scott, you've got the Philly money line, did you throw in the under? Maybe
1: oh, yeah. yeah, I think the eight and a half is just too high. I think once again, looking at a matchup yesterday, I'm trying to think of the comp that I was going to compare it to. Uh, wh- which game was it? I mean, you can make an argument. It was kind of like the game from yesterday with the Astros against the Twins. You saw the Astros explode for nine runs. Sonny Gray didn't have anything. That was just batting practice. The wind's blowing in, and you have two pitching options where Joe Ryan was barely going to go, and you had Urquidy who I actually didn't mind. I thought Arquiti was going to pitch well. The total was eight and a half with the wind blowing in because the game prior had 10 runs. Yeah. It was just solely based on what happened previously instead of viewing the, indiv- the individual baseball game as a completely separate entity. And I feel like that's the same story that we got here, where you're looking at the Philly offense exploding for double-digit runs, and now everyone's going, well, we got to put it at eight and a half. Do you? Like Strider, statistically speaking, has still been a really good pitcher this entire season Eight and a half. Like that one, that number just seems way too high to me. I'll go with the under there. I think looking at some actual props, I wanted to look at the pitcher props, because I am tempted by the outs look on Ranger Suarez. He's at eleven and a half. Which sounds about right because he went three and two thirds in game one. So that actually feels pretty accurate. Strider's at seventeen and a half. At that point, I'd rather just take the under in like the first five, because if Strider is gonna go six innings, that means Philly's probably going to have one run because if he gets shelled early, they're pulling him. It's an elimination game. They're not going to stay with Strider. So I don't really see much value on the outs prop. I think I think that Suarez is where he should be. And Strider, once again, I think it's correlated. If he's going 18 outs, which is six full innings, Philly's going under the team total in the first five. Yeah, Because if he gets shelled, then they're pulling him. So I think I'd rather take that look. But no, I don't really have much from a prop. Azuna strikeouts is maybe worth a look because he has been striking out a lot, but I don't see much else. You? You have any other other props you want to mention?
0: No, apart from the Suarez walks, I don't know what the um, stats are on the under over on the pitcher outs, but I feel like there's been a lot of unders because I've been burned by them. Um, Three or four times during the playoffs, I remember taking Bobby Miller. Um, I can't remember who else I've taken over the last few days. What I've missed, I've missed on all of them. The only one I won is last night when the manager literally came on the telly and told me uh, that he was never going to make the number. Um, so if the managers could do that... I wish you know,
1: told me that before the game. I would have had a couple admit, of... I had, about,
0: I had like 20 seconds to get. Um, I was Joe say, I w- would have, have had a couple on thousand, thousand on that if you told me that. Yeah, he, was, he was stood on the mound with a ball in his hand. Um, I got the, the market suspended a nanosecond after I got it on. So, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, thank you very much, Scott. That was lots of fun. There's nothing tomorrow... Um, whether this series will be live to go into Saturday it remains to be seen. Uh, so at some point over the weekend, when everything else is set, uh, myself and Scott and moonaf and Lonty and Dylan, some uh, variation will be around. And um, thanks everyone who got in the chat. Um, that was fun. Like I say, I don't know why why aren't people working? I suppose it's modern society. People work at different times. Scott, they're allowed. Um, but yeah, nice to see some new uh, names and faces in there as well. Um, I do appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Good luck tonight with all your um, picks. If you've got a – what day is it? Thursday? I normally – I'll let you – I'll allow you to give me another NFL pick, Scott. Um, Even though you're on very thin ice after last week. Have you got one for tonight?
1: Yeah, I'll go with uh, McKinnon over in receiving yards. I think it's around like 11.5 or 12.5. He's historically destroyed Denver. Uh, He has five receiving touchdowns in the last three games, actually, and Denver defensively is terrible. But it's really bad weather expected in Kansas City. So I don't exactly expect yeah. many deep shots. I expect a decent amount of dump-off passes to try to, you know, keep it relatively safe with the bad weather. McKinnon's been really good. We know that he's mostly a receiving back who catches a lot of short passes. I don't mind the over for receiving yards for McKinnon.
0: Okay. Um, just a little reminder that uh, myself and Barry will be live for the pre- pre-game um, London Uh series on sunday morning i think it's at maybe 9am eastern time um bangers and uh, yeah bangers and cash for some reason the oddly sausage themed show that's been uh, thrown together in the last two weeks so it, if you to want to come fair, and get it, is,
1: it is two guys so you know having a sausage based name isn't that bad
0: yeah um, and it is quite sausage heavy scott uh, it's about 10% nfl picks 90% sausage chat and um, so that'll be um, on the premier league Um, feed so go and find that people that'll be kind other than that good luck with your bets have a good day Uh, we'll be back at some point uh, and we will see you down the road cheers